0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. He just swore
0: a fucking
1: wall. O'Neal deep in the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace. What a jump ball. He's down four, 12, eight, seven, 38. To play the first. First oh, yes. from Rodney, stuck into the rim. Countdown, baby, in a foul. Reggie inside for Andre in and a dynamite dunk. Pistons fans, hello and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay, all here with you as the regular season is officially underway for your 500 Detroit Pistons. Boys, we sit here today and I feel like there's a little bit more of a, a somber tune than maybe there even needs to be. A tough home opener loss for Detroit uh, as they fall to the Atlanta Hawks, uh, coming off a uh, back-to-back after a, a real nice Game One win over the Indiana Pacers, they go on the road, they take care of business, and Aaron, I'll turn to you first. Just, you know, how you doing? The the, the regular season's underway. Pistons are five hundred, and uh, you know,
2: how are we doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I mean, if I think if you check Twitter right now. You'd, you'd see that the world is falling. The Pistons' season's over already. Just with some of the early reactions to losing a game that you didn't have your star, your, your star player in, your best player in, your starting point guard couldn't play in, you're coming in off of back-to-back, going up against a young team on fresh legs, and, and, and the Pistons lose, and Twitter's reacting like the world's over. Uh, but I myself, doing good, I'm remaining calm. I think that's something that a lot of people should... Practice doing, just the reactions. Kind of already crazy coming out of the gate here. Um, I mean, I get the excitement with the seasons here. Certainly, there's that that anticipation that's built up and that excitement to go watch you know the Pistons play on the floor. And I get all that, but you know it's game two. It's it's game two, guys. There's there's another there's there's a lot of games to play. There's going to be another game played on Saturday. There's going to be another game played after that. Basketball is going to be around. The Pistons will have plenty of more opportunities to win ball games. Everyone's just got to chill. I myself, though, I'm doing great, Brendan.
1: Good. Ryan, what's
0: going on, man? How you doing, Brendan? You know, I mean, I'm fine. No somber mood here. I'm chilling. Good.
1: Good. All right. I'm not
0: bothered by it.
1: I'm glad we're doing okay. I thought we might have a little bit more of a somber tone, but I think we're going to be all right. No. No, there's no somber tones here. You know. I think we're chilling. I, uh... I want to start with the positive, and I want to start by looking back at opening night for Detroit. And, you know, they're able to go on the road. They go to Indiana. Dre drops 32. Luke drops 30. Detroit picks up a big 119, 110 win over Indiana. And you just kind of saw everything play out in the way we painted this season to be for Detroit. We talked about how Dre was going to need to establish himself and be a leader, and he did so. 32-23. and 23. I mean, come on. And it wasn't a forced 32 where it was a high-volume shooting, bog things down. It was just efficient play. Dre looked really good, point one. You know, and point two, you saw the Derrick Rose effect and what he can bring to this team Um, playing with the second unit, playing meaningful minutes in the fourth, and really throughout the second half, um, showed his value to the Pistons. So it was a really exciting Game 1 victory in Indiana and a pretty positive way to start the year.
2: Yeah, that was a good win for Detroit. You know, Indiana's in the same boat as the Pistons are in right now, playing without their star player, playing without their best player, and the Pistons were able to go out and beat a good, you know, that's still a good Indiana team. Just like the Pistons wanna still be able to be a good considered a good team without Blake Griffin, the Pacers are showing or did show last year that they're a good team without Victor Oladipo. Depot. And for the Pistons to go out there and beat them, that was an impressive win. One of the best performances of Andre Drummond's career, maybe his best of his career. Derrick Rose looked good. Obviously you got you got the career night from, from Luke Kennard. Um, but outside of that, there wasn't a whole lot to, to look at him. Mean, they like, Oh, the Pistons are doing this well, the Pistons are doing that well. These guys are meshing well. Quieter night from Tony Snell than you would have liked. Markeith Morris really in both these games has struggled shooting the basketball. Not a lot of other guys have really made an impact yet. It's been Andre Drummond, Derrick Rose, and Luke Kennard. And that's something that will have to change. But overall, it's a good win for the Pistons. And that's kind of the, the they're going to be the game plan for them without Blake Griffin. It's going to be centered on Andre Drummond. And it's going to be centered around Derrick Rose and Luke Kennard picking up a lot of minutes and getting a lot of action with the basketball. And you know you got to hope that Reggie Jackson's able to come back and he can contribute because he's someone that you need scoring the ball uh, at a respectable rate because he's you know a, a key player on this team. But outside of that, that's kind of the game plan. It, it, there, there, it's a lot. Of, it's going to be a lot of centered stuff around Drummond, Kennard, and Rose and then these other guys got to find a way to plug themselves in and hit those shots when those opportunities come. Because, you know, a guy like Markeith Morris, he's getting looks. He's taking 11 shots in both games, but he's not converting them. And he's getting open threes, he's getting to the cup a little bit, and he's just not converting on those opportunities. Snell's also gotten some open looks that he hasn't hit on. I do expect those to hit, considering his percentages, Uh, you know, throughout his career, 38%, 39% career three-point shooter. I expect that those shots to start falling, but... Those are two guys that got to plug themselves in and and, and contribute more for, for Detroit.
0: Go, go ahead,
1: Brandon. Well, you had something we wanted to say. You, you want to add something? Yeah, I, I just, I I think a couple of the things we saw, I look at in game one, and one of those is it was sloppy, but I wasn't worried because it's game one. Things are going to happen, you know. Uh, you saw turnover after turnover in the first half. Couple miscues. But you guys, you got guys out there that are still learning to play together with some new pieces. Not worried about it. Uh, I, I saw the aggressiveness of Luke Kennard. And I want to talk about that for a minute because that's something that was so there in game one. And I mean, Luke was just pulling up, doing his thing. I mean, just goes off for 30. I mean, come on, the guy had a great game. And then you see him versus Atlanta in the home opener way more hesitant and I think Aaron uh said up you know the over under was uh a three hundred pump fakes for uh, Luke at uh Little Caesars Arena uh versus the Atlanta Hawks. So uh let's talk about that for a minute, Ryan. Luke in game one was so special and had a much quieter night versus the Hawks on the uh back half of the back to back. Yeah, Brendan and I,
0: what I think you see here Is two things about this Pistons team Is one Going away from Luke for a second They need Blake Griffin I know last night everyone was like Good, great We don't need Blake Like let's get Blake more rest We need Blake Griffin But two We need Confident, aggressive Luke Kennard You saw it in game one When Luke Is aggressive And unconscious And just pulling I'm open Hit the ball Pass the ball I'm pulling I'm good to go. He It just it gets going for him. He just gets on that streak. He's in rhythm. When he's hesitant and he's about his pump fakes and his dribble, dribble shot, he's off. It throws him out of rhythm. And that's something that's going to hurt this team mm-hmm. all throughout the year. Even when Blake's healthy in the back. Right. It doesn't matter. So, two things that are... No, well there's three things that are essential for this team. Dre plays like he's been playing. You know, healthy Blake and Luke Kennard... Being confident, that is so crucial
1: for this right. team. So you've already, you can already see it two games in. Because here's the thing. You look at his game versus the Hawks, a less confident Luke Kennard and an efficient night. and 3 of 12, 13 I mean, points. And he, went, he started the game, what, 3 for 4? So so there you have it. There it is. I would much rather see those numbers with a confident Luke. You know, I'd, I'd much rather see him putting up a volume of shots and, And if he shoots a poor percentage, if he only has 12 points, I'll live with it. It's one thing if
0: he was, oh, he was confident. It was just an off-shooting night. Fine. I mean, whatever. Fine. Those those nights are going to happen. But it wasn't really even that tonight in this game uh, against the Hawks. It was him being hesitant in what he was trying to accomplish on the offensive end.
2: And And that's the thing. Luke was extremely hesitant tonight, and he still got plenty of opportunities to shoot the basketball. I mean, he took 12 shots. Last year, that's a good night for Luke Kennard and shot attempts. He was extremely hesitant tonight, and he still had 12 field goal attempts. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that, in reality, honestly, with Blake Griffin out, is it crazy to say he should be getting 20?
0: I was going to mm-hmm. say 15 to 17, but 20, I'm not mad I mean, at it. Yeah. I'm not mad no. at it. The guy is un- an the unbelievable shooter. The guy scored 30 and on
2: 13 shots. 30 on game.
0: 13 shots. He's an unbelievable shooter. I was going to say 15 to 17, but if you want to go 20, you're not going to get mad at me. I'm the same guy who said, I think Luke should be playing 33 to 35 minutes at times. Right.
1: I think he's that important. So you're not going to get me arguing that. Well, again, here in Palace of Pistons podcast, Aaron tips the cap that we are recording just after the Pistons 117 to 100 loss to the Atlanta Hawks. That's what we do. We you know, we grind it out, game's over. We're here potting. We're, we're, we're in here. the lab.
0: We're here in the lab. But I think I said tonight too, so I gave the you know I gave it up too, but so it, be it. It's all good.
1: But that's what we do. I just want Spoiler people Spoiler alert. Know
0: that. It's Thursday night, not Friday morning. Thank- oh, hey, Not here with us. Spoiler maybe we just alert. need to
1: drop this. Maybe we just need to do a little late Thursday night drop for our Piston faithful that are up awake, staring at the ceiling, unable to Upset. sleep. Dude, sleep hey, hey, In, hey, In their sleepover. fields. Hey, I, I can, broken. can
0: feel that click-through,
1: Ray, bro. Broken. <laughs> this is the In the Fields Pistons podcast.
0: <laughs> That's what why we are. Such an emotional high. That game against Indiana. Just the emotional high. Dre playing the best game of his career. Luke putting 30 on on 13. All of a sudden just having him crashing down against the Hawks.
1: I mean, Pistons Twitter roll call. Everybody's checking in. Everybody's in their seat. It's first day of school. You're dressed up nice. You're looking fancy. You're all excited. Pistons go on the road. They get a win. You're all excited. They come home. They got shirts laying on seats in the lower bowl, Little Caesars Arena. Everybody is juiced for this home opener. That hey, looks like a very winnable game for Detroit. And yeah, you're playing with no Blake. And then yeah, Reggie. You could see he was hurt in game one. Leaves game two. It's you have some you have some things that hold you back. But kind of a letdown for uh, for Pistons Twitter and the Pistons faithful.
2: Why are you laying there in bed, emotionally erect, listening to Marvin's room? When you could be listening to the Palace of Pistons podcast. I mean, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. If you're that, you know, I get it. I get it. It's a tough Thursday night. You could you could be listening to Marvin's Room right now. You should be listening to the Palace
1: of Pistons Marvin's podcast. Marvin's Room. We're walking you Jeez, through. Geez. We're walking you hey, through. We are not a, this is not a Toronto Raptors podcast. Marvin's we owe nothing through. to Drake to give him that free advertising All in your feels, man. Wow! I can't believe Aaron dropped that. But uh, I mean, are yeah. you are you talking from experience? I think, oh, I, think I think Aaron's of, rocking
0: Marvin's room during the
1: game. Oh, plenty of Are you drunk right now? No, I should be. <laughs> <laughs> I should be. <laughs> um, but you're underage, so I'm don't ju- even think I'm about it. Older brother up here on your case.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying you could do better. That's what a lot of people are thinking right now about the Pistons. They're looking. They're looking at Luke Kennard, and they're like, "I'm just saying you could do better." You know, look at what you did last night. That's what. That's how they're reacting. That's how they're feeling right now. So I'm just being real with you. But, it, you know, bringing it back to basketball, bringing it back to reality, um, it, w- it was kind of a, 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 a tough loss for Detroit. They shouldn't have lost that game. Uh, but at the same time, no Blake Griffin, no Reggie Jackson, back-to-back. Back. It's it's not the end of the world. And, and, and to take away the positives from this game... It's that, one, Tim Frazier can come in and he can compete with you guys, and he's certainly capable of coming in when Reggie Jackson can't play or Derrick Rose is on his minutes restriction, and he can come in and score the ball and run the offense, and he can be just fine. Unlike last year when Jose Calderon was coming in and losing games for Detroit. Um, You know, there's just not going to be a lot to take away from this game when your key players were out, and you lose there's just not going to be a ton of positive takeaways and it's going to be easy to look at some of the negatives which we've already talked about uh, from the Atlantic game but I think something that needs to be brought up up, and and Dwayne Casey said it after the game he was kicking himself for not playing Christian Wood Wood played 3 minutes against the Pacers and apparently played bad enough to not come back in after going in in the first quarter against Indiana and not get on the floor against Atlanta.
1: Listen, I want everybody to take a deep breath. Dwayne Casey is doing what he has to do to keep a locker room in check. Thon Maker is in a position where he, he was projected as the backup five He was put in a spot where he's led to believe to be in that position, and you don't want to just take that away from a guy and give it to somebody who has not had an NBA true stint yet. Listen, Dwayne Casey's managing a locker room here. The switch will happen. Christian Wood will take over Thonmaker's time, but you don't want to lose guys and get people pissed off. It's just a morale thing, I'm telling you. Are you kidding me? It will happen. But Dwayne Casey has to do it the right way. I'm telling you, it will happen. You, that, Christian Wood almost did not make the roster. That may be one for of him, your worst no, takes. Yeah. No. 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 For, for Christian Wood to be on the verge of not making the roster, to then to overtake Thon, who they've taken a chance on and brought in, and guys have rallied around in support. It, it, that just wasn't going to happen. Don Maker is a top ten pick that hasn't looked like a basketball player for oh, quite some time. And you're right. And. Dwayne Casey's doing his due diligence to let Thon play his way out of that role and give Christian Wood a chance. He had to do that. You're trying to win basketball
2: games. Keeping a locker room over a backup big man that's not going to be on the roster next year does
1: not matter. But
0: Aaron, I hate to break your heart here, but Brendan's spot on. You don't pull the rug from
1: under a guy that that his teammates have rallied around and supported, and you took a a chance on this guy. Brendan said it best with the one line, he's
0: letting Thon play his way out of the rotation. Managing egos in the NBA is like 85% of the battle Uh for head coaches. 100%. And does Thon seem like he has this crazy huge ego and he's going to tear down a locker room? No, but he's still managing egos. That's what. That's the downfall of almost every coach in the NBA.
1: The that's NBA is so it's, Hollywood. Here's the it's thing. so egotistical. But it's the thing is it's becoming sports in general. I mean, you even. I swear to God, you see it at even a high school and a college level. You have to manage egos. You have to manage personalities. And, and at the NBA level, Ryan, you're 100 percent right. Do you think the NBA head coaches are there doing scouting and film breakdown and game planning? Uh, i 'm going to tell you right now, not really. the assistant coaches are putting all of that together under the philosophy of the head coach, and he has guys that are in place that that follow the the head coach's philosophy and, and game plan to their system and their style but dwayne Casey's not sitting down and breaking down film on philadelphia and
0: it's not it 's not no christian Wood shouldn't have played tonight. you got to give down those minutes it 's not that I think Christian Wood should have found his way into the rotation tonight. But he, he has to let Thon play his way out of the role. And I'm telling you... And it can't, it's not going to be two games in the year. No. It can be 10, 15 games. Yeah, but if, if, the if, Thon,
2: if Thon's playing bad, Christian Wood should get that opportunity in the same game because at the end of the day, you're winning. You're trying to win a basketball you, uh, game.
0: You're, you're right. I agree. That's what I just said. It doesn't mean keeping Christian Wood out of the game and just letting Thon be terrible... But it's not just gonna be alright, Don, we're done. Two games in the year. It's I'm not, not, be, yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not saying that.
2: I'm not no no, I'm not saying that. It, you know, Don got his opportunity to come in today and that's fine. But when Don came in and was playing bad, that's when it's okay, I'm giving the opportunity to right. Christian Wood now in the second half also, to t- take Don maker's stint and see what he does with it. That's it, what I'm saying.
0: I, I I get that and I agree. But let Thon play his way out of the 100%. rotation early in the year too. Yes. Don't let it that's, don't, that's let, that's
2: it don't let, let it linger.
1: You have to linger.
2: You have to understand. But Casey's also shown a reluctancy to let players do that because Langston Galloway did that a lot last year. He would go months of a stre- you know stretch where he wasn't putting the ball in the cup, wasn't hitting three pointers, wasn't filling situation. his role. This is a different and situation. He didn't make any changes.
1: There wasn't a young guy though that was like, yeah, they're gonna overtake Langston's spot in the rotation. Dwayne Casey knows he has Christian Wood in his back pocket. And it will happen. But you have to let that progress in the first maybe 10 games. The, Thon Maker is going to get an opportunity. And they're not going Now, you don't make an unfair point in saying, hey, Thon played bad in his time all night. Maybe instead of his last five minutes on the floor, you redistribute those to Christian Wood and get him into some minutes. I'm not disputing. But Thon Maker has to play his way out. And you want to have, as bad as this sounds, you want to have the film and the evidence to say, hey, this is why you're not on the floor. And if you pull him and don't give him a chance to rebound, well, then you're never going to fully have that. You want to be able to make a convincing switch to Christian Wood. It's all about managing egos. 100%. So I don't appreciate that this is the worst take you've ever made because I'm very confident that I'm right on this one. I'm very confident. Thon will play his way out, or he will find his way in. Yeah, but it's Thon not going to happen was on night number two. Playing his way
2: out of the rotation in the playoffs last year, but it's
1: it, but it's a new listen that that doesn't. Okay,
2: okay, but look, let, look at let's go in terms. Let's start with the playoffs last year when Thon. Was it's a new year. Horrible. It's a new year. Let's go to the preseason when Christian where Christian Wood was fantastic, one of the it's most the productive pr- pistons on the floor. But it's the preseason. And Don Maker failed to really make an impact. That doesn't matter. None and then you go into the first two games of the year, Christian Wood plays three minutes, Don Maker's played about forty minutes so far. And Don Maker hasn't had good minutes out on the floor.
1: Aaron, you're missing my you're you're missing. No, I
2: point. get your point of of Thon Maker should get the opportunity, and, and you need to let Thon Maker play himself out of the rotation. I get that, but Thon Maker, you know, my whole point is, if Don Maker goes in and he plays bad in the first quarter, or he plays bad in the first half, then Christian Wood needs to be given that opportunity in the second half to go and see what you can do. Yeah, you have to manage egos, but at the end of the day, these are these are grown men. If you're playing bad, you need to sit on the bench, especially if you're not an established NBA player. Thom Maker's not an established NBA player. There's a reason he didn't have that a, a defined role with the Bucks because he wasn't an established NBA player. And that, he's a young kid that isn't a commodity.
1: And the time will come. I'm telling you now. If if we're ten games in and the same thing happens, this is a different conversation. But you're on the second game. He gets the first probably five to seven. I'm just telling you how it is. He's going to get the first five to seven. Okay, and And I'm just saying, I
2: disagree with that philosophy. And the first
1: five happen to be all through October, right? I think they play five five games in October. Uh, And then November uh, 1 is game six, I'm pretty sure. When you flip to November... It's that's when you might start to see it. It might even take a couple games into November. But Dwayne Casey is not going to give up on Thon Maker this early, because yes, Christian Wood had a nice preseason. But I'm sorry, a preseason, the nice preseason got Christian Wood onto the roster, and he's made the roster, and now he's going to have to prove in practice that he is equally as good, if not better, than Thon Maker. And then after Thon plays his way out. He will get his chance, and he will have to earn it, and that's how it is. I'm just, I'm telling you how it is.
2: Okay, and I'm just saying that I disagree with that philosophy.
1: Well, I, it's it's about managing egos. It's about keeping a locker room. And if you take a flyer on a guy like the Pistons went out, they made a move to bring in Thon. They've invested in Thon Thon's was future. an investment. Uh-huh. Christian Wood was a flyer. Exactly. Was Thon so, Maker
2: an investment? You gave up Stanley Johnson for him,
1: but but you've it's it's a guaranteed contract and you, you he came and in with a work. role and you may, and you gave him a role last year yes and even though he wasn't great it was all about you know we got to give Th- thon some time to development and and improve and learn into our system you can't take a guy, yeah, he didn't have a great year last year in Detroit. He comes in at the deadline. He's adjusting to a new city, a new locker room, new teammates. And obviously Giannis and him had a brotherly relationship that, well, now he's learning to manage not having that in the locker room. And, and he's building new relationships with players and coaches. That takes some time. And you're not going to do that and give him the the rest of last season and whatever happens, happens. You're not going to say, hey, work hard this offseason. And and yeah, you're going to be kind of slotted in as the backup big and you're going to mentally and physically prepare for that and then just strip him for a guy that going into preseason wasn't even on a guaranteed deal. Now, it doesn't need to take 30 games to make that switch. But Don's gonna get an opportunity to keep his role or to lose it, and that's gonna be about the first ten games. That's just I'm just so people understand. That's it's what it's gonna be. And if you don't, if you don't have to like it, Aaron doesn't like it. That's okay. You don't have to like it, but mentally prepare yourself for it because that's what it is. Okay.
2: I mean, again, final point. I disagree. That's that. It's fine. Let's move on.
1: So. Let's let's talk about this Atlanta game a little bit. And just kind of some of the the drawbacks for Detroit from what you saw in game 1. I think the biggest thing they take a 63-60 lead into the locker room at half and you could just see the legs were gone in the second half of play where Atlanta comes out and I mean just just kind of puts a clinic on in the second half really owning the show. Uh, and pulling away to win by 17.
2: The offense in the second half was an issue, but the defense throughout the entire game was an atrocity. Uh, They let up 60 60 points in the paint. Trey Young played a fantastic game, 37 points, 38 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, played extremely well. And what he was doing from the outside sucked the Pistons' interior defense out. It sucked Andre Drummond out of the paint, because Drummond was not sinking, he he was coming up and doubling off those uh, pick and rolls that the Hawks were running, coming over on top of Trey Young, trying to force a, a turnover, and then that allowed Trey Young to move the ball, and the Hawks were able to move it quickly enough to get looks inside. When they move the ball, and Andre Drummond standing up top at the perimeter, what the Pistons don't have a way to combat that, and the Pistons had to do that. Because their perimeter defense in the first quarter was so bad that Trey Young scored sixteen points. Bruce Brown got absolutely lit up by Trey Young. He was a step slow every single time. And you know, Langston Galloway had a little bit of success guarding Trey Young, but the the guy still scored thirty eight points. And the Pistons don't have a slew of defensive minded wings and guards to throw at him. You're not gonna put us you know, a guy like Tony Snell on him, he's just too slow. To guard a guy that's as quick and as slippery as Trey Young is. And, you know, Brown, as good of a defender as he is, he got bested tonight. He got bested really bad. And that definitely impacted the Pistons' paint defense, which uh, once the the scheme switched and they started coming up top on those screens, Atlanta imposed their will inside.
0: When Atlanta spaces the floor the way they do, for a team that isn't great defensively like Detroit, it's just going to kill them. Atlanta spacing was fantastic. On top of a guy in Trey Young who is dominating your best defender, when you have to consistently help on that, on top of all the spacing issues you're facing as a defense, it, it just wasn't gonna. It wasn't gonna work out if the Pistons couldn't get get it, get it going offensively, and they couldn't. And it was their downfall tonight.
1: You know, it hurts too when Reggie Jackson is one of your. Your, your primary offensive options at the guard spot and you lose him so now you're seeing a little bit more of an offensive need from a guy like Bruce to where maybe it takes away from his ability to lock down on defense with an increased role on the offensive side of things where he has to be in a position to maybe attack more, create more, do more things than just his natural role.
2: Yeah, I don't think the Pistons were really changing up their offense to make Bruce do a ton of ball handling and commanding the basketball. I mean, he had a couple drives to the rim tonight, but I I, I don't even know if that was a problem. I think Trey Young just went out and just really it play, just played extremely he well. He just had himself a game. He, 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 he just had himself He was hitting shots game. from you know, at the end of the Pistons logo. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, just
0: casually pulling up from the court logo. Like, it was nothing.
2: And in, in Reddy Jackson going down, and, and I can't even remember if I said this at the beginning of the podcast, but if Reddy Jackson's not 100%, which it's clear he's not. He needs to not be playing. Plain and simple. You
0: you brought in a third point guard for this reason. A capable third point guard. A capable third point guard for this exact reason. Reggie looked very uncomfortable tonight because of his injury. Sit him down for a few games. I know it's tough going without Blake and Reggie. I get it. But you have a very capable third point guard that you brought in.
2: And not, and not the schedule watch right at the beginning of the season, but you're playing Philadelphia on Saturday. Right. And you already don't have Blake Griffin. At the end of the day, you're Chalk not winning that game. Chalk it up. Sit Reggie Jackson down. Let him rest. I don't know how long Reggie needs to be on. I don't know what you know what kind of – if there's treatment required, whatever it may be, sit him down. Because he's been you know, probable – he was probable for the first game of the year, and he only played 20 minutes because, you know – he does. He's just not a hundred percent. And when you're 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 with a guy, you're playing a guy that has that shaky injury history that Jackson does. You have to be overly cautious with him, just like you have to be overly cautious with Blake Griffin. You have Derrick Rose who's healthy right now. You have Tim Frazier. You have Bruce Brown. You have those guys that can handle the basketball. You can afford to rest Reggie, and. Make it work the rest of the make make it work for the for the next however many games
0: absolutely, and especially on the Derek Rose point, Derek Rose, who's playing really well right now. I know the end of the Atlanta game was a a bit rough those last few minutes, but in general, the Indiana game and this Atlanta game playing very good basketball right now derek rose
2: yes he's he's fitting in extremely well better than I anticipated, and I'm like, doesn't say much. Well, and I, and I said I'd be happy to be wrong about Derrick Rose. And I clearly have been so far through two games. Uh, you know, so it's an early reaction. But so far I have been wrong. And he's fit in extremely well. The turnovers in the Atlanta game, though, were extremely, extremely poor. Um, and his shot stopped falling towards the end there because he was extremely efficient Forcing. throughout the first three quarters. Forcing. And he came in in the fourth, tried to take over, which is, you know, and Ryan, you and I were talking about this during the game. We talked about Rose isn't trying to do too much. He's just playing within the game, and he's killing it. And in the fourth quarter,
0: literally immediately after that conversation, yeah, we
2: yeah. And in the fourth quarter, he comes in, teams down, and he tries to take the game over. Turns it over a pair of times
0: in a row. Misses his shots at
2: the rim, and then turns it over again.
0: Seriously, it, we were having like we were talking about how in the Indiana game and so far up to that point in the Atlanta game, it was just he's just playing within himself and within the offense. And he's just taking what's given to him, and he's fantastic. I mean, Brendan. Not even two minutes after this conversation, D. Rose just starts trying to do everything, and it just turned into a disaster. It's tough, like so.
1: But you're right. When he plays to what he's given on the floor, what the, what the defense is giving him, and he's a- not forcing. He's so it's, good. It's been a
0: true joy to watch Derrick Rose these first two games. Outside the last little bit of this Atlanta game. Honestly, a joy he is. A, he's looking explosive. He's making great decisions. He's getting good shots, getting good drives to the back, everything. It's been a joy to watch him. Yeah. But
1: when he's forcing, it's going to be
0: tough. Oh, it's It's not what we're looking for. It's it's going to it's going to lead to some hard times for the Pistons if he's just going to keep uh if he's going to force. so
1: Yeah. Well, no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, so what else? I, Aaron, I'll look at you. What were some of your other takeaways? I mean, based off what your expectations were, I, I mean, thoughts on Tim Frazier getting some important minutes. I know you guys talked about, well, that's why you sign a, a third point guard and you don't re- need Reggie. Tim Frazier, to Ryan's point that he made in our, you know, level of importance the little sequence we had a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, be important. He, he, he
2: should be. I mean, we just talked about why he should potentially, you know, he should he should play and the pitchers should shit Reggie down. But the guy I want to talk about for a second here is Tony Snell. And, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of reactions about Tony Snell throughout the offseason, throughout the preseason and whatnot. And there's a lot of excitement over Tony Snell. And it was a very good move by Detroit to bring him in. Good player, can shoot the ball. Does some nice things at 6'7". But at the end of the day, he's not going to be, I think, what people are hoping he's going to be. He's a six-year vet, and he's never averaged more than 8.5 points per game in his career, and he's he's mainly been a starter. There's a reason because of that. He is very much so a spot-up shooter, stands in the corner, gets his, you know, dribble handoffs maybe with the Pistons here and there. But he's not a guy that you can run sets through and... Uh, you know he's not going to be an explosive scorer ever. He's going to be a very par for the course kind of player. He's going to get you, you know, six to ten, six to twelve points per night probably. He's not really going to hit those twenty point games, those twenty five point games. And uh, you know that's that's going to be a problem for Detroit when you know Blake's out and Reggie's out and the offense does isn't getting enough out of a guy like Luke Kennard. They're still missing that that, that big time win creator and. Not that Snell's bad. He's good. And when the Pistons are at full strength and Blake is back, maybe you'll see a little bit more of why, you know, why the Pistons wanted to bring in Snell. But right now, I think there's been a lot of excitement about him. I think people have to
0: understand what kind of player he really is. I think something we talked about a little bit. Last night, I thought Snell was very solid in, in his role, within his role. And tonight was a bit more a, bit, a tougher night for him, we'll say, all around. I think tonight is more of the outlier and the Indiana game is more of what you can expect from Snell but exact, but to your point, it's 10 points, it's 7 boards, and it's decent defense on the perimeter having a true small forward in the rotation yeah, and, and, it's, and
2: not, it's not the offensive output that you, sh- you, know, you should want from him, it's He's six seven and can play defense and he can hit those 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 spot up threes. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's more of what the season's gonna consist of. Games like the Indiana game, not this Atlanta game, because tonight was a bit of a rough night for Snell. Um so yeah, I mean like I honestly I, I made the comment to you. I'm like, I don't mind having Snell on this team. I feel like it's a good fit to have finally have a real small forward in our starting lineup. But it's not like it's like team changing or,
1: you know, adding more projected wins or anything like that so it's it's an interesting place to be it does help matchups though it really helps from a matchup standpoint of not having not being so undersized on the wing yeah not running two six fives on the wing you know you finally have
0: someone six seven with length like the
1: funny thing is they get that they get that small forward
2: and then they're forced to play him at power forward and he's getting bullied by by Jabari Jabari Parker Parker and John Collins and you know, the funny thing was, actually, he got his best looks in the Indiana game when he was playing the power forward yep. spot, and then against Atlanta, when he was when he got pushed up to the four, he just got absolutely abused, because he's just not big enough to to bang down low with those those Jabari and, Parker. And which is where, crazy, because it's 2019, and Jabari Parker just had a very good game.
0: Right? Uh, I don't well, want to talk him to the party, I, but, a little but that, that's where adjustments from Casey come, Dwayne Casey come in. You see against a team that's more athletic at the big positions that, like, Indiana is, you can move Tony Snell into that four spot, and he can not thrive, but thrive in a way. You know what I mean? Whereas, when you have a team like Atlanta, where those bigs are more physical, more power-centered, Len, Parker, I know Collins has his athleticism, but he still likes to bang, Snell's going to struggle with that. So it's all about matchups and how Casey adjusts. When you have more athletic, when you're going up against more athletic bigs, you can slide Snell up into that four. When you're going up against a power game, that's not going to be Snell's forte. He's what six, seven, 150 pounds. <laughs> I
1: you might want to take pump easy the sliding him to that four. Yeah, pump the brakes a little bit. You know, so, I guess I have to look at this, and I look at these first two games, and I think the big thing is. You have some injuries, which kind of sucks, but you have to stay positive. At the end of the day, we're expecting the Pistons to be a forty-three to forty-six win team. Is that fair to say? You know? Which puts them about the maybe the middle of the Eastern Conference at best. You know? They're going to lose some games here and there, and especially with injuries early on. It's already tough enough to replace 24.5 points. Now you got to replace starting production out of Reggie Jackson. So I guess you got to preach some, some patience early in the year and keep some hope for, well, as we get healthy, we have to stay hopeful things will turn around, and if they don't, we'll get negative then. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's uh, the biggest
0: fear of this season is already coming to light health injuries so, and, we, and and, and everyone, everyone knew that and everyone knew no everyone shot. knew this could be a this could be what brings it like cuz you're right i i would say we're a little a touch more bullish on the pistons on this pod where we do believe hey this team can win 42 43 44 games they could max out at a 5 seed like we feel like there's enough talent to get to that point not saying they would but they could the thing that could hold them back was injuries and the season has barely started and we're already here.
1: Yeah. Injuries,
0: so let, let's not lose our minds yet because we're two games in. But if it continues to trend this way, then it's a huge problem. And then what do you do? What what do you do? Do you blow it up at that point? Do you do you trade? Oh, we're gonna have to say that for another. Pod. I know, oh, I know, it's a different pot, but these are these are things that have been brought up by and, and, I don't and, like it those, by national media guys. Yeah. Are like, are what happens if Detroit struggles out of the gate? Do they blow it up? But what if the struggles are because of injury? Do you blow it up then? You know, it's, I'm not saying let's dive into it now. Yeah. But those are... It, it's it's funny
2: because those thoughts always just are in the back of your mind.
0: Always in the back of your mind. And that's it's constantly being brought to life by national media. Guys who have those big followers. Always putting out it. No one's ever confident in the Pistons or no national media guy ever says anything good about the Pistons. It's always, at what point do they blow it up? At what point do they blow up? If they're injured this year because they have a rash of guys who have an injury history, do they blow it up? That's what it's all about, and here we are, two games in, already talking about injuries. Blake Griffin, Reggie Jackson, Derek. Derrick Rose looks healthy, but he took that weird fall last night. Oh my god! You know gosh. what I mean? Yeah, like dude, that Rose fall. Go- what? What? I don't know. Like it's just it's always in the back. And then of your you mind. could hear around the state of Michigan, everyone just a collective everyone, moment of like I had the <gasps> second you saw it, I was, like, I was like, oh my gosh, it's over already. My heart stopped. I was like, we are thirty minutes in. The Rose Experiment And it's done
1: Yeah Everybody's loving The Rose Experiment And then bam There you go But no He was able to get up Thank goodness And then they were like Oh he's favoring it He flexed it During his free throw And you're like And then He's done He's coming out It's over I wasn't watching the
0: game At a certain point today Because I was in the car But I had it on the radio And at some point uh, Champion and uh, Mahorn Were like Derek Rose Hurt again he, He's flexing his wrist He's flexing his wrist Is he coming out I'm like wait What's going on now Like so who knows, man? I, clearly, it was nothing, but like it just always seems like it could be. It could be something here.
1: You're always worried with You're him. Always worried, but he and needs to stay healthy. We can't afford it.
2: No, I mean, hey, he's your. He led your. He led the Pistons in shots tonight. 16 shot attempts. So,
0: but they, and they needed it. Yeah. And yeah. And what you put up 23 points or whatever.
2: I know. I gave Drummond props at the beginning of the podcast, but again, want to give him props on the back end here. Incredible against awesome. the
0: Pacers. Good tonight against the Hawks, but it seemed like they went away from him. It wasn't. It didn't seem like that was on him. Though. Right,
2: right. It was. It was. They didn't go to him very much in the second half, and you can't expect Drummond to initiate for himself a ton because the dude played forty-one points yesterday, or played forty-one minutes yesterday, and had the usage of like a hundred. <laughs> like I, I mean, you know. But still, found a way to score eighteen points, had twelve rebounds, at a very good first half. Um... He just looks like a different player this year. Oh, Dre's on a new level. He wants, he wants that, money. that
0: money. He wants so that bad. money. He's trying to get the bag, man. He he wants that extension. He wants to get paid, and he's gonna play like it. He'll he'll drive himself to ex- right, you know, to the exhaustion level. The thing that's that exciting
1: about that is he knows he gets that money staying here. Yeah, and he wants to stay here. Which I mean, obviously, he could get traded. It could sign an extension elsewhere, but he, he I th- I, I, it's kind of exciting like hey he, he not only wants that money I think he wants to be here and he's working for it here you know not a well could do whatever and you know buy into my option and deal with it a year from now he's all in from the early signs we're only two games in but it's been exciting to see so far no doubt about it it's what it's what we said we needed out of dre.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's not okay. He has to put up thirty and twenty every night, but it's just this confidence and this leadership and, and his ability to create when he's given the opportunity. Like I don't know, there's just something about it, man. It's it's a different level of Dre this year. So
1: far, we're two games in, but so far we're two games in a one and one record. Detroit has to move forward. Don't
0: panic. It's not time for that yet, Aaron. Oh,
2: absolutely, don't panic. There's no business. Just
0: because they lost. To the Atlanta Hawks Like I know us on the pod Earlier A couple Last pod Or two pods ago Whatever it was We talked about Especially I talked about How you can't lose to Atlanta That has to be a must win game Well circumstances Kind of changed Without Blake Griffin Um, And then you You gotta remember Oh it's a back to back And it's a road And home back to back Against a team who's young So they have fresh legs The Pistons don't have Those mid season legs yet So games one and two As a back to back That's an ish That's tough Like, that's very tough. So, don't... Don't don't, sweat it yet. Don't sweat it.
1: This isn't a, oh, look at these guys playing kiss-ass. No. Just don't sweat it yet. Well, I think everybody... I think if you consistently listen to us enough, you know that we'll tell you how it is.
0: We're Pistons fans. Eventually, we are going to start sweating it. You know, we're eventually going to have those breakdowns of, what is going on? It's over. It happens. We're Pistons fans, guys. We like the Pistons. We follow the Pistons. We know how this goes. We're two games in.
1: We're okay right now. So stay positive if this is a little Thursday night field session for you. Maybe it's a Friday session. You know what? Maybe we're even catching this after a Saturday game versus Philly. Lord knows what's going to happen in that one. But nonetheless, stick with us, right? Things are going to be okay. We're doing all right. 500 record to this point. So you take it. You keep moving with it. But before you move on from this podcast, you got to do a couple things for us. First of all, like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You know the business. You listen every week, I give you the same spiel. We're on YouTube. Great content coming out all the time. Uh, our our fastest growing social network make sure you check us out on there hit that subscribe button we're on Twitter of course at Palace of Pistons Aaron's at A. Johnson NBA Ryan at Ryan Pay, myself at Media Brendan on Instagram at Palace Pistons you can check out the Facebook page as well we're everywhere, we're always active so leave us some comments interact with us on social media let us know your thoughts, some things you want us to talk about maybe next week on the pod we'd love to hear from you so I have one more note before wrapping up the pod. Do not tweet and drive. Because you know what happens when you tweet and drive? You tweet something with five keys after Pistons game one win versus Atlanta, and you only put four of them down and label it one, two, three, five. Yeah, I wonder what moron did that. So, I don't know. There's no record of it now. It might be gone. But don't tweet and drive. Don't text and drive. And don't freak out. Everything's going to be okay, and we will be back next week here on the Palace Pistons Podcast.